and welcome to the Hack Your Mindset podcast with me, Jenny Winterleach, the Mindset Hacker. So wherever you are today and whatever it is you're doing while you're listening to this, settle in and enjoy the ride. Hi everyone and welcome, welcome. Um, so I'm thrilled to be joined by Alice this morning. Good morning, Alice. Good morning. Um, now, Alice uh, is my marketing lady and said, I'll do a live with you on Thursday and said, I'm going to do something about positivity and marketing through mayhem and all the things we've done this year. So I'm basically going to hand over to you, Alice, to tell us whatever it is you want this morning. And then we'll ask some questions along the way. But the kind of key themes I think we'll probably be covering today are things like using the time positively, um, doing what we call reframing, which is thinking about things in a different way that's more useful, flip turning stuff. I hate to use the word pivot, but pivoting, do that kind of thing. So tell us some more, Alice, as to why you are here chatting to us today. Yeah, so at the beginning of last year, um, we had, I just brought in Charlotte. Um, I just brought in Charlotte, who was, who originally freelanced for me. I said, do you want to come and be part of the business as a, as a co-director? And it was all looking fantastic. We had an amazing turnover. It was all brilliant. You know, couldn't nothing could bring us down at that point. Um, that was December 2019. Um, January was brilliant. And then things started to obviously come to light that, you know, life might be about to change a bit. But we ploughed on. Um, and then come March, obviously, everything sort of got turned on its head. Um, we originally were called My Virtual Marketing Assistant, which was my my business that I started when I first started freelancing um, three and a bit years ago now. Um, and I think like a lot of people, we sort of went, oh my God, photo shoots cancelled. Um, half of our client base were relatively unaffected by what was happening, but we had a lot of people who were immediately impacted were furloughing staff were shutting down and of course your external marketeers at that point um weren't your priority because you know money money was tight the furlough scheme was still not tied up as being particularly clear grants weren't particularly clear um so we we lost um probably i'd say 50 percent of our books in a few days it was terrifying absolutely terrifying um but we we knew that we could hunker down and we could we could sort of work through it and it would be okay um but in that sort of extra time that we had was really when we started to have some really open discussions about where we wanted to go with the business because with losing um a few a few clients early on um we stopped doing certain services certain services sort of fell to the fell to the wayside because those clients didn't need us at, at that point in time and we started to reflect on whether we actually really wanted to do some of these things and that got us thinking down that line of you know who are we as a business and where do we want to go we've kind of got an opportunity here to to reframe our, ourselves um and go out and get what we really want um and that was sort of the beginning of the evolution into who we are now, which is Heard It Here. Um, and it was a long process. I'm not going to say it happened overnight. We didn't sort of suddenly wake up and go, ah, this is exactly how we must market ourselves. Um, but actually for the marketeers to spend some time 
thinking about how to market themselves was very very helpful and has helped us massively in terms of how we can now help our clients because we've we've been through it ourselves um and yeah so it's it's been a year it's been a year it's been a year <laughs> and so what would you say so what i'm hearing there is is a great metaphor actually for anyone which is you know sometimes when we're faced with adversity we have to really start looking at our why who we are our mission what it's all about because often adversity will give us um either a bit more time or a bit of a different perspective or it will stop us doing things exactly like it so what was it that was so powerful about taking that step and thinking who are we or who am i you know we're looking at helping people here who am i and what do i really want from yeah. this, whatever this is, that might be riding life, business, career, you know, home, family, whatever that is, you know, what, what difference does it really make sitting down and doing that? Because I know you do, well, we, we did it as well, didn't we? Sit down yeah. and really think about this for clients as well. I think we all, it's very, very easy to get into Hampton Wheel. And I've with horses, I've done it work, I then did it with my business. You sort of go, oh, this is all I want. This is all I want. And then you sort of keep going and keep going. And if you don't stop and think about whether you're still on the right path, you sort of continue down that path at 100 miles an hour, not letting yourself consider whether it's what you really want. And you then sort of end up potentially at your destination or not far away from it and go, this isn't making me happy. Why isn't it making me happy? And it's a process that that we've been through with my horses are another great example. Um, Ploughing for a particular, what I think is my particular goal, but it's not ticking the boxes. It's not making me happy. And But I sort of keep pushing because I think, well, if I keep pushing, eventually it will make me happy. Eventually I'll get there. And it's the same with business. You can sort of keep pushing and keep pushing. But actually what you might realise is you're pushing up the wrong hill. Um, and at the top is not going to be the view that you want. Um, and you sort of, I think, particularly with um, businesses that are very much online, if you're pushing down a very sort of particular road, you will get a very particular type of business. You know, we've had this conversation around like, manifestation. I, I look at manifestation from the point of view of... <clears throat> you you get back what you ask for so if you go out asking for a particular type of client that is the client you're going to get um it's not magic it's you have gone out and proactively sought those people out um and therefore that's what you're going to get back and if they're not the right people for you you're just going to go oh you're going to get involved in a project and then go oh why did i get involved in that Whereas now every single project we're getting involved in is it's so exciting. We get excited about what we do. Um, now, don't get me wrong. We've got a real variety of clients, but we can get excited about every single business and every single bit of work that we're doing for that business. And that makes it all worthwhile, particularly when outside of work and potentially horses, if you've got them or hobbies, you know, I, I run a lot now which is a recent rediscovery. Um, outside of that, there's not a whole heap to do. So the things that you are doing, they've got to make you happy. Otherwise, this is going to be a long, this is going to be a long lockdown. 
<laughs> and so I love that. An analogy that I'm working with a lot at the moment because I'm reading about this in a great book is um, so you 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 don't suddenly get somewhere by putting a ladder against a wall and hoping you can leap to the top step. What you get is you've got to check that it's the right wall. And then you put your ladder against the right wall and then you climb it bit by bit. But the most important thing is to check the wall is the right wall that you want to be climbing. And that's exactly what you just you've just talked about there, which I love. So let's have a, a think about this concept for people. So bearing in mind, most people that are listening to this, they might be listening from a business perspective, which is wonderful and fabulous. They might be coaches, trainers, things like that. Um, they might actually want to use this in, um, you know, um, their own businesses that could be completely unrelated to horses um, or their careers. But let's look at it at a moment from a, a sort of rider's perspective or a, a, an equine related business, mm, coaches, yeah. trainers, people that can't necessarily do that much at the moment. You know, yeah. I know a lot of people are taking things online, perhaps. And things. How, what would you say about, you know, how do you discover your wall? Like wall is in a good wall here, not as in something yeah. that stops you, but wall is in something you're trying to climb. How do you work out where the thing that you're climbing, you want to sit at the top and look at that view? How do you go about doing that sort of thing? We we actually um, we didn't know that we were were going up the wrong wall, and I don't think you ever do initially. And we'd got ourselves in this sort of head in the sand type situation. And Charlotte and I, we're yin and yang. We're very different, but we're very similar um, in so many ways. And um, we actually approached a very good friend of ours um, called Emily Mumford, who is a fantastic copywriter. I've known her um, through horses, really, for a very long time, but sort of more from a business perspective in recent years. She, you know, she's always there for advice and a cup of coffee. And she actually released um, a, new, <clears throat> a new package relatively early through lockdown, probably springtime. And I said to Charlotte, I said, look, I know that we're not like rolling in cash at the moment, but I think actually it would be really good for us to take. Um, I don't think I don't think it was more than about 500 pounds. I said, I think it would be money really, really well spent for some sessions with Emily just to kind of get us on a productive track because we had sort of probably two and a half days worth of work for both of us. And then the other two and a half days, we were sort of going. Ugh um because funnily enough the people that we had originally been after didn't need us because they weren't working um so we we had our first session with Emily and we were sort of going down one line chattering away um and had a really good productive session with her and you know we came out of it feeling really really like pumped we had a bit of a plan together we had some homework to do and then we came to the next session and I'd say that Emily was almost a little bit in that session like a marriage counsellor for us because when you invite somebody into your business and, um, you know, I have a very different framing on this than Charlotte because I invited her into my business, which was my baby. You know, I created it from scratch. So I'd been having some sort of niggling thoughts, you know, is this is this the right business? Is it how it should be? Um and I didn't quite know how to broach this with Charlotte because obviously I'd invited her in as a co-director into a business framed in a certain way. And then I'm having second thoughts as to whether this is the right business. Like, oh, my God. Like this is I've made her made a commitment to something that I'm not sure I want to be committed to anymore. So I <laughs> I sort of coughed it in that second session and just went, 
I think we need to rebrand and I think we need to go somewhere in a, in a bit of a different direction. And Charlotte went, oh my God, me too. And I didn't know how to tell you. Um, and so from that point, it was suddenly like everything unfolded. And Emily really facilitated that for us. It was in our heads that something didn't feel right. And we'd had a bit of time, I suppose, to really listen to our gut instincts. And I, I'm a big believer on gut instinct with people, jobs, business, listen to your gut instinct because nine out of 10 times it's gonna prove you right. Um, whether that's with, if you're not sure about a potential client or you're not sure about a potential investment or whatever it is, if it doesn't feel right, that's for a reason. Um, so really it was use, utilizing somebody else to facilitate the conversations that we needed to have and direct those conversations um, that helped us really find where we needed to be. Um, so it was somebody, it was somebody to ask those questions that we weren't necessarily asking ourselves that really helped. Um, all the thoughts were in our own heads. We just hadn't quite organized them into, okay, well, this is where we need to go. Um, because it was a strange time, you know, we were all a bit startled. Um, and we were firefighting for clients as well at the time. Um, you know, we were trying to work them out plan a b c d and then boris would come on and we needed plan z um so we sort of needed somebody to help organize all those thoughts and make them into a plan for us awesome okay so loads of great stuff there about gut feel and when you can just sense something's not quite right and i think in the the current environment and things as well it's that there are a lot of things right now that aren't right. Like that, that is what it is. There's a lot of circumstantial stuff that means a lot of people are deeply unhappy or really struggling or finding stuff hard now. And it's just taking that moment, isn't it? To go, right, is this because of my environment around me right now that I am struggling and difficult? Or actually, is there something fundamentally here that I've got an opportunity to do something about now? Because do you, I think, I don't know if it was you and I that discussed it, but at some point, I, I have this discussion with quite a lot of people, which is now is the perfect opportunity to actually turn around to someone if you don't want to do something and go, well, COVID's made me reassess. <laughs> you know, actually, lockdown's made me really think about whether I want to do this or not, or whether I want to be involved with that, or whether this is the right path for me now. Because the one thing I have had is time. And um, so, so for people that are thinking, all right, so I know there's perhaps something not quite right or I'm not quite sure how on earth do they go about discovering the right wall what would you say with your understanding of it and you've been through the process yourself and things how do people work out particularly from a business perspective um what they should be not should be but what they really want to be doing and develop a business out of that i i think it's all about reflecting on what can get you out of bed in the morning because at the moment there's not much to get out of bed for when you think about it you know i think about the things that i love doing i love going to restaurants i love going for cocktails with friends i love taking the dogs out all those kinds of things now some of those things i can still do or i can do in a certain in a different way um but a lot of that's limited so a lot of the treats that you know maybe me and my husband would go and have are off the table now um so 
it was really thinking about you know, what what during potentially one of the most bizarre times that we'll ever live through will get us out of bed in the morning. Um, and we we wrote a really, really long list. And actually, we now get all of our clients to do this because it's an interesting exercise. Um, write a list of all the things that you do, like absolutely everything that you do. And then it's traffic lighting them. Green, amber, red. Um, things that you absolutely love. You won't, you know, you, you won't be without them. Amber is they're okay. I don't mind doing them. You know, I'll do them as part and parcel of maybe a green activity. And then red is I do them, but I do it through gritted teeth. I don't really enjoy it. I don't know why I do it. And that exercise was really interesting. And Charlotte and I did it separately. And then we came together and compared notes. Now, there are certain things that um, I I will do that she won't and vice versa because at the end of the day she's the photographer you don't you don't really want me behind the camera because you probably won't like the, the images that are produced and vice versa there are certain things that I love doing um along the lines of probably what Charlotte would describe as flowery copy that I really like doing that she she doesn't want to do um so we had some some complementary differences but a lot of the core things in terms of, you know, clients we'd love to work with, we came up with a list of dream clients. And actually, there were so many crossovers um, or certainly industry crossovers. So actually just listing it out and just writing everything down that you do in your business or with your horses or whatever it is, just writing everything down and then unpicking what you really love out of that is a fantastic exercise to work out where you should be heading. Awesome, sorry, I was so engrossed into listening to what you were saying. I was like, yeah, yeah, that's really good. <laughs> okay, fab, I really love that exercise. I think that's brilliant. Um, it's helpful, it really is. Such a good idea, isn't it? Okay, and actually, interestingly, a lot of conversations I've been having with clients, not probably so much recently, but normally, if they are coaches or they are maybe like body workers with horses or they are you know doing something with them where it's sort of time for money you kind of physically have to be there um in the normal way yeah when you can um and then there's all the ancillary stuff that they do around it that actually they don't charge for because they're not charging for the treatment or for the hour but it's really important to the service that they offer mm -hmm. And I've been having a lot of conversations with them about the fact that you might be sat there on an evening organising your diary and texting people or getting them booked in or asking any little questions they've got or watching a bit of a video of them from the other day and what have you. And, you know, that because you're a nice person, that's what you do. But actually, you know, that is costing you time and therefore costing you money. What kind of things can you help um those kind of people with? Because, you know, that's not a list of whether they love it or not. They probably do love it. That's why they do it um so that would probably be in the green or amber part of it mm -hmm. but actually when you look at what they are bringing back because they're charging by the hour or they're charging for a, a session this is all stuff that could be not making them money it's not necessarily about that but has a value to it that is being mm -hmm. lost that yeah. actually at the moment certainly probably is the the really valuable part because they can't physically go and be with them what kind of things 
would you say about that then if we're talking about the things you love and the things you don't and, and actually the things that create you money and the things that take your time yeah so I you often see on social media um stop trading time for money I I beg to differ with that just from the perspective of you've got to put some context on it we're always going to be trading time for money because whatever it is even if you develop an online course for example you will have put time behind that and then you are going to sell it so you have traded some form of time for money it's just a more efficient trade so i th i would always caveat it with more efficiently trade your time for money um as kind of my kind of take on that um statement um and i think that it is very easy for us to um, sit and, you know, be WhatsApping in the evenings or, you know, work sort of creeps into different parts of your life and you go, oh, well, I've got nothing better to do at the moment, so I'll do it. it says me who's got a pile of books that I want to read that I haven't read yet because I'm like, oh, I'll just, just, just do this or I'll just do that. Um, and I think it's reflecting back on how you make your money so there's 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 three ways to make money it's to get new like have more clients um make more out of the clients that you've got or just full stop charge more those are the three sort of basic ways to do it now obviously there are a lot of people and i've got a lot of friends who are physios coaches etc whose businesses have been so on and off recently and it it's a real challenge to try and work out how a lot of these sort of what i would describe as physical businesses can be changed to be more online um now we've seen some amazing and i'm going to say your least favorite word and i don't particularly like it either we've seen some amazing pivots over the last sort of 12 months and I think the beauty and the strength in a smaller business is you can be more flexible um, so it's looking at everything that you do and working out how you might be able to take that online um, I think going out to your client base and asking what they want from you is a bit too broad because your clients don't know what you can do for them. That isn't what you do already. That isn't going and treating their horse or, you know, what have or teaching them in a lesson. But potentially coming up with some concepts that could work, you know, take inspiration from what other people are doing. You know, go out and follow. I'm not saying copy, but go out and just see what other people are doing, how other people are working. Um, and and then present that to your client base and say, look, here are three potential options of ways I can help you during a lockdown period. I can't come to your yard at the moment. But here's three things that I could do to help you. Would any of those three things appeal? You know, use your existing client base as a sounding board, but don't expect them to reinvent your business for them. Um, this is a good time for experimentation because to a certain extent at the moment, what have we got to lose? Um, don't go throwing loads and loads and loads of money at something, but if it's time that you have got available to you due to the lockdown, um, have a play, 
do a few trial runs, do a few guinea pig online lessons or do a few guinea pig uh, online assessments or you know whatever you might do and um, have a go at it with with a friendly a friendly client or or a friend is a good place to start and get them to give you some really honest feedback and make sure you do ask for feedback because I think at the moment um you know there are some of us who are in a position still to be able to spend money and what you don't want is for people to just go okay yeah I'll 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 do that I'll take you know five of those sessions from you and they're just sat there going well I don't I'm not actually enjoying this but they don't feel brave enough and they don't want to hurt you by saying it's not working for them they just feel that they want to support you during this time um so ask for honest feedback because you never know what you might be able to develop you know listening to John T on Monday um he's doing online coaching now I had a lesson with John T back when I was living in the Cotswolds we're talking nearly 10 years ago it probably was 10 years ago actually um and I'm, my little brain was ticking when I was listening to him, thinking, hey, I could have another lesson with John T at the moment because online me- makes the world so much smaller. So you might end up with a fantastic new opportunity. I, I think Abby Lyle is doing it as well. You know, she's coaching people. She's based up in Scotland, I think, at the moment. You know, she's coaching people all over the country. So, you know, There are potentials for amazing, amazing businesses, but you have to just be a little bit brave and and give it a go. And it's really interesting what you're saying about that, because I've always worked internationally, but a few years ago I had to change my business model to I will travel to you, which therefore limited me to the south of England, unless I wanted to spend a lot of time to actually, you know, what, I'm going to take this online. And it was when I was doing all of my training and what I do, the person training me had a very strong belief that you have to physically be with them and that phone mm. and video does not work. So, of course, we were all trained in that belief because <laughs> well, that's what we were training in. And so I had to really go against my master trainer that I was training with mm. that this could work. Yeah. Um, and I'm so pleased I did because I did that about mm, two or three years ago now, which meant that I could then have some international clients, which meant that when lockdown then came, it was the norm in mm. what I was doing. I'd already established it. I'd got my confidence with it. It was fine. But actually, the great thing about it now is people don't question it because I did get people question it. I got people going, well, how can you help me if I'm not on my horse for a start? Mm. I had to explain that. And then it was, well, how can you help me if we're not physically sat in a room together? And I'm like, because essentially it's the conversations we're having and the questions I'm asking you and the thinking you're doing that's the important part, not mm. having to be next to each other. Because the wonderful thing now about lockdown is that people, Zoom has now become a word that everyone uses. I've been using Zoom for years and people are like, what is this Zoom thing? <laughs> but now, shall we have a Zoom? It's like, it'll probably be in the dictionary soon. You know, their growth is huge. They are recruiting a lot of people. Um, you know, and, and this concept now of doing things via video. And I think this lockdown, people have gone, oh, okay, do you know what, this might be around a long time, or actually it's been too stop start, or we want to be able to compete later this year or do things. So if that possibly is on the cards, then let's get training. People are now actually starting to take the online training options. Whereas last year, it was a bit kind of, oh, we don't need to do that for a bit. This won't be around long enough to worry about it. Mm-hmm. Let's wait till next year. So it has been really interesting that actually, anyone who has been a bit worried about it or thought, oh, it won't really work, the pioneers out there that went, let's give this a shot, because there are always people that will pioneer things, aren't there? They explore the adventure. And then there's the ones that kind of wait until it's tested, which is fair enough. Um, they're ready now. 
they're ready to take this stuff on. They're ready to do things if they are thinking about. I mean, one of my girls, Krista, she does virtual rehab now for barefoot horses. She's got clients all around the world yeah. doing rehab. Um, because what she does is she says, well, actually, most of it isn't while they're here with me or while they're somewhere else. Most of it is once they're back at home. So we'll set you up what it is you need to do. We'll do the videos. We'll do the stuff. You go and do it because that's the most important bit. And I'll support you. And it means that they can keep their horses at home. Their horses are better off for it. And it's working really well. And, and she's like, this is like a really new concept and model. But people are open to try stuff. So people are open to try things at the moment. So I think that's such a wonderful place to start being creative and trying something new and if we get back onto this concept of being creative again then so one of the things that you think was rebrand yeah so tell us about what heard it here creative and all the different parts of it what is it that that is really about because you know people hear marketing and everyone always thinks that must be facebook posts or adverts or billboards or television it used to be yeah. it? people always thought it was television radio that was marketing all the flyers and leaflets what uh, what yeah. <laughs> what not really glamorous, I can tell you that now. <laughs> no, it's not. No. What is it? Just muting myself. What is it that we're having a real great technical morning this morning, aren't we? Um, what is it that really being creative is about? And what is it that, that you love doing for people and can support people with? And you know, what's your what is your passion then, you and Charlotte? I think, I mean, in terms of where the brand came from, um, we are both Herefordshire girls. Um, we, long convoluted story, we both sort of went from Herefordshire, Charlotte came up to Nottingham for a bit, but then we were both down in the Cotswolds at the same time, didn't know each other, came up to Nottinghamshire for men, and then did never met each other, and then met each other two years ago. Um, so we've had a very similar journey, weirdly, and we are country girls at heart, but we've had sort of, for want of a better word, cold, hard corporate experience. Um, I was in the veterinary industry when I left, well, I was in recruitment initially when I left university and then in the veterinary industry. Um, so we've sort of had both this lovely, fluffy rural life and then we've had sort of quite hard corporate life. Um, Charlotte worked um, at Hartbury um, in their marketing department. Um, and we we were sort of reflecting back on on what it is that we can deliver and it is that sort of it's that understanding of business but also that you know a lot of the people that we work with don't necessarily want to run a business they're just they're really passionate about something that they do they're a creator they're um, an artisanal food producer they are an expert in in a certain field but the business element is a bit foreign. And I think previously marketing has been, um, when you think about marketing, people tend to think about massive agencies and they think about these sort of super corporate, big price tags. And actually we've we've cut all of that away because um, the reason that agencies are so expensive normally is because they have exceptionally expensive swanky offices quite often in London or certainly big cities. Um, when you're a farmer from rural Herefordshire, I'm thinking about my dad here, thinking about him, you know, with his beef. Um, he's not what going to want to go to a big agency in London and have a conversation about how to market his beef. There's too much of a disconnect there. So when we were thinking about how we can creatively help people, 
it was all about being approachable and having an open discussion and facilitating the discussions because most of the people that we talk to are hugely creative they don't they don't need us to to tell them anything about their business they know it inside out it's just about teasing it all out and putting it into a picture that can then be presented to people and i think it's it's about it's about tapping into the business the business owner's creativity we've all got it in us because if you're passionate about something that will reflect amazingly in your marketing it's just about growing in confidence really to, to talk about what you do um and we as a result have you know done really well from our strategy day point of view because we sit down and, and we we do ask challenging questions we tease out things um but at the end of it you know and we, we don't necessarily specifically 100% talk about marketing because marketing is part of that bigger machine of the business um so we very much look at it from a holistic point of view of okay well let's talk about your business and your business goals and then let's see how marketing can make that happen rather than right we want to talk about your marketing strategy let's go you know it's a it's we like to get really involved we love to get passionate with you and I think that I think creativity and passion are the two things that are most important for people. Awesome. Okay. <clears throat> so we've got creative, passionate people out there that know their business. They know what they want. Um, they may not know how to be getting it at the moment, but actually I hope what we're kind of saying is that it's a very innovative time. People are open to new options. They are willing to try things at the moment. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know about you, but a lot of people have just been bored. <clears throat> I, I have to say, up until last week, I'd sort of resigned myself to, oh, God, lockdown, here we go. It's probably going to go on until the end of Feb. Who knows? Um, and, oh, boring, 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 boring. But actually I had to make that flip turn in my head of, okay, well, you can live another two months of being bored and just, you know, feeling like it's all a load of pants, or you can actually make a decision and be a bit creative, find some interesting things, do some stuff that you love, and pick yourself back up again. And and so that was really cool because when you then start looking for the opportunities of being a bit creative and doing things differently, like um, tomorrow I have a virtual lunch with a friend, we're going to both sit and eat our lunch on Zoom. Why not? You know? Um, so, and actually they are in Nottingham, weirdly enough, and not someone I would normally be able to have lunch with in that respect, you know? Um, not, and then to be able to carry on doing everything else. So I think, it sounds to me like, you know, working out your wall, if we go back to where we are earlier, it's about working out your passion, working out where you want to be creative, working out what you love to have and do. And then the ladder against it is the rungs. And I know you're a firm believer in this as well, which is there is no big fix. There's no get rich quick schemes. There's no luck. Sometimes you're in the right place at the right time, but there's no kind of real luck involved in this. Um, but what there is, is putting in the consistency and the effort. So when it comes to your businesses, when it comes to the things that you've done, your riding, whatever in life, where have you really found that that consistent bit by bit methodology is, has paid off? I think it's, it's difficult sometimes when, particularly if you're on your own a lot. And I think with horses, we get this because, you know, you can have as many horsey friends as you, as you want, but you're, 
you and your horse are in this sort of two-way relationship um and it's sort of it's a shared experience to an extent but nobody knows exactly what's happening between the two of you and sometimes it can be the same in business you can sort of like really um channel your view and that that consistency of it's it's being consistent but then it's also pausing and looking at how far you've come because I think being consistent is really is great but if you're just consistently climbing and not then taking the time to reflect you might still not quite be going in the right to the right place but I think we we're always changing and I think this is something I very much learned from you is that we're always changing and that's okay so I think consistency but consistently reflecting is also really important because that wall might change that 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 wall that you need to be on might alter and you've got to be aware of that and make sure that you know you're still going in the right direction Cool. And I know um, one of the things that you have said is that you have had various coaches. Actually, no, you haven't. I remember you saying no, you weren't into the coaching thing. No. So tell, oh, 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 no, that's actually me. Okay, I'm doing that kind of thing, coaching. So tell tell us then a bit about your experience of coaching, how you've, how you've experienced it, what it's brought for you, what the difference has made, and, and why actually now it's something that you recommend to others as something really important that they get. Yeah. So I... I was always put off. I'm not a particularly, I, I can write flowery copy, um, but I'm not a particularly flowery person. I, you know, I've got a scientific degree. Um, I come from a strong farming family. Um, you know, you don't do much feeling. You do a lot of doing and not much feeling and certainly not much talking. Um, and so I sort of always thought, uh, you know, I'm, I'm tough enough. I don't need a coach. You know, I'm, I'm fine. Um, would always take business advice, you know, cold, hard financial business advice. That's probably comes from a court coming through a very corporate career. Um, but I found the concept of co like coaching, the word coaching, I sort of went, oh, I kind of ret retracted from it. As soon as I heard that, I was like, no, too fluffy for me. Um, but finding you've got to find the right person. It's such a personal thing. And um, between you and Emily, you, you frame coaching in a way that works with my brain. You know, we very much talk about the scientific whys of why my brain is, is doing certain things. And that has helped hugely. And I mean, the person that I was at the start of what March last year, and the person that I am now, is it's it sounds like a cliche, but is almost unrecognizable because what we've been working on is me being comfortable with the person that I really am, and that the the sort of cold hard shell doesn't need to be there. I can be softer. I can, you know, it's okay to be a little bit more feminine. That's a conversation we've had. You know, I sort of um, threw myself out there at, at 21, looking, being 21, looking 15, and was just constantly fighting to be that businesswoman, 
you know, I am going to be a success, you know, men, step aside, I'm coming through cold, hard, you know, um, and I've come to realise now I'm in my own business, I'm not fighting anybody. This is this is the opportunity for us to be entirely us and that we don't have to prove it to anybody. So I think finding a coach that can just frame it right for you is so, so important. And I would implore people to have conversations with different practitioners, coaches, however they label themselves, and just see, you know, do you automatically vibe with what they're saying? Do you go, oh, yeah, that makes sense? Or do you go, oh, no, no, can't quite cope with that. That's a bit too much or not enough. Um, there's a place, it's a bit like, it's a bit like anything. There's there's horses for courses. Um, but go out and, and see who's out there because it has, it's, genuinely changed the way that I process things and as a result I'm taking actions that I wouldn't have taken before to make sure that I end up happy and I'm not just sort of trying to construct this life that I think I should have. And so if we flip turn that into your business and we flip turn that into other people's looking at business how and what impact has that had on you? on the business i think when you're it's it's totally interchangeable because when you're content and on a good path in your personal life or sporting life or what have you you then come into your business in a better mindset and i've got you know i will very openly say i came to you as a client saying i need help with my eventing have we spoken about eventing for the last four months? Not really. We did for the first month because we were sort of unpicking to get to a certain point. Um, but now, you know, we talk about all sorts of things. And and I think it is, it's that going deeper and that all of the, your world, all of these things add up to, to a happy person. So I think if you approach something from a business perspective, I think... Certainly, you know, you could go down the route of just getting a um, sort of a, a business coach, but be prepared to have some deeper conversations about you as a person, because when you run your own business, you you are the business. So you have to be prepared to, to dig a little bit deeper, potentially, and explore not only the business and the business's potential, but also you and your potential. Um and be open to have those conversations. Understand it is a safe space. If you're working with a reputable coach, they will protect your privacy. You know, it really is, a, you know, just a two-way conversation. Um, and you you will discover all sorts of things. And, you know, I, I'm i very open with, you know, Charlotte and I are very open with each other. We're very involved in each other's lives. You know, we talk about mortgages and houses and family and all that kind of stuff. We're very, very open with each other. And that's great because it we sort of almost coach each other. We, we reflect with each other. Um, and I think we do that more, having both had the coaching with Emily and yourself. We have very open conversations and we're brave now with each other and say, I want to do this or I don't think this is quite right or can we do this we're very very open with each other and we've built a very very strong relationship 
as a result of having those conversations initially facilitated um you will you and, and i i think i've heard of, of people who've maybe not quite found the right coach first first off but they realized that and then moved and found somebody who is the right person um but you i think from a business perspective um yes certainly coaching is a fantastic thing but do do expect to have to do some self-reflection as well yeah sadly no coach has a magic wand we've all broken them and you have to do it yourself and actually it is our job to push you to the point of um struggle um Mm. because if you're if we're not pushing you and getting you thinking of things that you hadn't thought of before or that are holding you back or that you haven't just fixed then we're just kind of touching the surface stuff having a nice conversation you know spending a nice time we're not pushing you to really reflect and really think and actually have to make some decisions to change because you know definition of insanity is expecting something different from doing the same thing isn't it and actually sometimes the things you've got to change and do are hard and that's why you haven't done them but the coach is supposed to make sure that they're what you really want based on where you're going so make sure it's the right rung on the ladder on that wall and then make you do it mm. or not make you do it but actually if you don't do it find out why 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 have you not done it what's what's really going on what's that all about um and i think if we akin that to you know what you do and the marketing side of things you can have the most beautiful diamond in the world but if no one knows about it it's worthless and at the same time you could sell you know chocolate teapots but if people think they're brilliant they'll be buying them um and it's always about knowing your value isn't it so just to finish off let's have a, a uh, an exploration of knowing your value because we talked about where is it you want to go what is it you've got to give but what about knowing your value what about knowing what it is that makes you valuable to others now that doesn't necessarily have to be monetary value it could be the value of what you do which mm. is normally an exchange for money but it you know the value of yourself the value of your business value what what would you say about that kind of concept i think that's where it's really important to try and cut out a lot of the noise and by noise I tend to be referring to social media I know I work a lot with social media but I equally understand it has a very unhelpful side to it so when you are reflecting on your values as a person and as a business what you need to do is stop looking to other people for that and truly take some time to reflect on the positives that you bring to people and where those positives come from. So one thing that I'm really passionate about, and I will say is a value of mine, is supporting British business, because I've grown up in a family of British business. Dad's a farmer who produces fantastic beef, and as a result, I'm really passionate, and one of my values is supporting, in particular, British farming. So now you could say that Well, if you look around, you know, a lot of people are touting that as a value. But do you really live it? Do you do you really live it and love it? And it's the same with um, with riding. You know, we've been through this that, you know, I always thought I needed to be an event rider. But that was a lot of external influence on what I thought I needed to do. Um, And your values really sit 
at the core of your business and when you really know what your values are and you start to then put those out through your marketing that's when people really start to get you so heard it here is a really good example of that my virtual marketing assistant was quite a corporate image but the corporate image and what we wanted didn't quite fit together so our values and our brand they didn't they sort of they kind of went like that so we weren't getting the right people as we developed we developed heard it here from our values so one of the first exercises we did was what are our what are our values as individuals and what are our then turn that into our brand values and i would employ anyone who is starting a business before you go down the route of you know what's our brand going to look like think about what's at its core what is the nucleus of this business what are its values how are you helping people and what do you stick by come rain hail or shine as i'm looking out at the snow um what can you live and breathe and those are your core values and that's what people are going to connect with they're not going to necessarily connect with the shiny new product that you're bringing out because they've got to have a reason to see that in the first place um and i think when people start to see where you're coming from and truly who you are that's when they start to reach out and that's when you start to build a community through your marketing and that's what's really powerful Awesome. Thank you so much. And I think that's a really good point to, to finish it there is it's always the core of who you are. And if you don't really know who you are, there's great ways of, of finding it out. You know, there's all sorts of stuff and, and values, which are what we live by, these unconscious things most of the time. So yeah. you start exploring them and they become conscious. Yeah. Um, are these things that we don't even realise are the rules in our lives that we're living our lives by and we're either going towards them or away from them, that if they are doing that without us even knowing about it, we are completely a victim of them and actually the best part is that we can explore them and make them work to our advantage very mm -hmm. much so and be aware of when we're in conflict when they're not being aligned with and when you're unhappy in something because actually your values are being clashed with or when someone's being what you perceive to be an idiot because they're not in line with yours and 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 they're just the most incredible incredible things values they really are so important mm -hmm. and then they create your value because when you align with other people with the same values, you have joint value. And then that's when they will want what you've got or want to get to know you more or want to buy whatever it is you have or learn from you or whatever it is. And, and that's how you create lasting business then, isn't it? Mm. And I think, yeah, it's very much, particularly if you're a service-based business, um, don't be afraid of your values and don't be afraid of putting yourself forward because at the end of the day, the service is coming from you. Um, I've had the and I've had various experiences of, for example, riding instructors who have been highly recommended to me. But when I've gone to train with them, we just haven't gelled. We're just not quite on the same page. And be okay with that. Be okay that you're not going to align with absolutely everybody. We're not friends with everybody, and that's okay. And it's the same in business. You don't have to align with everybody. Um, it's a scary thing initially, but be okay with that and be true to your values and suddenly you will start reaping those rewards. Awesome. Cool. So I think that's a really good point to finish, actually, unless there's anything else you particularly wanted to bring up or no. give any of wisdom from yourself, Alice? Any? No, I mean, 
I think it's it's if you think you've got a good business and I think if you think you can help people go for it there is there is no better time at the moment um you know it's it's a weird and wonderful time and I think if you've got something in your gut that you feel you need to fulfill crack on be brave awesome crack on and be brave that's going to be popular on my social media <laughs> Cool. Okay. Well, thank you so, so much. It's been an absolute joy and a pleasure. If people want to get hold of you, ask you any questions, see what you're up to, how do they do it? Um, we are Heard It Here Creative on Instagram, Facebook. You can find me on LinkedIn, Alice Holbrook. Sometimes I will pop up as Alice Holbrook Beaumont. Um, but yes, find us on, on social or our website and pop us an email. Fab, thank you so, so much. It's been an absolute pleasure ch chatting to you this morning, Alice. And I hope you have a wonderful rest of the day. And, in the uh, snow. In the snow. We haven't got snow. We've got old oh, rain again. It's really snowing out there. <laughs> going for it. Is it settling as well? Oh yeah. Oh wow. Oh, you have to send us some snowy pictures then. We'll look for them. The dogs are like, we're not going out there. <laughs> All right. Well, enjoy your snow time, whatever that might be. Whether that's snuggling up indoors with a cup of tea, or whether it's going out in it, whichever one. <laughs> Take care, Alice. See you later. And I hope you enjoyed this podcast as much as I did. If you want to listen to more of them, then please do follow us in Apple, in Google and on Podbean. Hack Your Mindset with Jenny is the name of this podcast. So please do subscribe, follow us and we look forward to you listening into our next one. Bye, everyone. Who got this? Who got this?